Welcome home. You're listening to 180 Church Podcast. Hey everyone, you're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your host, Joe Lu, and today I'm joined by Pastor Lydia, who is the co-founder of 180 Church and the pastor of Transformation here. Hi, Pastor Lydia. Hi. And uh, Pastor Lydia is joining me here today to talk about our recent sermon by Dr. Sammy, in which we're talking about how we can overcome setbacks. I know for me especially, and maybe a lot of us, when it comes to pursuit of meaningful and impactful things in our lives, it's, it could seem like there's so much resistance and so many hurdles, so many obstacles that come up in our way that it just makes us want to give up and give in. And it's so easy to give in to that temptation to just quit everything and say it's just not worth it and euphemize it to say that maybe this is just not God's plan for me. When in fact, it's times like that where we really need to dial up the intensity of not just our lives, but our faith and our prayers to God. And so Dr. Sammy teaches us the concept of hip, high-intensity prayer, and how ultimately when it comes to facing setbacks, how we can continue to place our faith and hope in God so that we can pursue and continue on with the mission and uh, plans that God has for us in our lives. And so um, I hope that you guys are blessed with this sermon because I really was with this word of encouragement. And so here's Dr. Sammy. Today's sermon is given by Dr. Sammy D. Kim, a co-founder of 180 Church NYC, a bioethics fellow in global health and social medicine at Harvard Medical School, and a regular contributor at Christianity Today. Today's scripture is from Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 to 34. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. And that is the word of the Lord. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into this podcast. If you're listening to this, we want to let you know we have a couple of special events coming up for the next couple of weeks. This upcoming Sunday, August 25th, we have our annual Desserts in the Sun. And you can join us for service on 106th and Central Park West for a time of worship. Um, we are going to have a lot of great food as well as desserts. You can enjoy ice cream and sweets during a very hot August day. And so come join us. You're more than welcome to bring your friends and family as well at noon. And if you need more info regarding the desserts in the sun, you can find us. You can find more information on 180church.tv. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter and emails so that you can receive more information. And also for the following week, we also won't be meeting at the theater again because we'll be away at our all-church retreat in New Rochelle during Labor Day weekend. Um, and you can join us uh, for this retreat. It's open to all for a registration of $190. And you can find more information about that on our website as well at 180church.tv. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys, and here's today's podcast. So let's put this picture up there. It's not a question of if, but it's a question of when. Tell someone next to you, not if, but what? When? How many people here have goals? You have life goals. 
Well, that's where you're in New York, right? All New Yorkers, you come here to live in a tiny box, pay thousands of dollars, because this is the place ambitious come to, to try to make it in fashion, in business, in entrepreneurship, in medicine, whatever it might be. If you have aspirations, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to feel disappointed. Because anyone who has a goal, if you're going to fulfill that goal, there are going to be setbacks. There are going to be moments where those setbacks are so severe, viscerally anyway, that it feels like the final blow. Anyone feel that before? During med school, during school, during whatever you were trying to accomplish in your life, where you felt like there is no coming back from this. It feels so final. I remember uh, right here in 180 when we first started. Pastor Billy called me one day. When he calls me, I'm nervous sometimes. I don't know, I don't know what happened. Car accident, something. That happened multiple times. I don't know. Um, he called me one time, and we were trying to get into NYU. Can you think about that, how old someone like Min Young is now? She was the president of 180 Fellowship. Uh, or she was trying to be. We were not organized yet. NYU didn't recognize us. And um, I don't know how, how much of the intellectual capital you have with her and Peeves and others. I'm not I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But uh, they tried uh, to be formalized in NYU. You know, you get to create bylaws, a mission statement, a vision statement, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they submitted it three times. God rejected each time. And Peeves called me and said, bro, when he gets discouraged, the Staten Island comes out of him. <laughs> and um, he says, bro, what if, ask someone next to you, what if? This, is, this isn't God's will. What if this isn't God's will? What if this is not going to happen? And you could hear in his voice a whimper. What if this is not going to happen? And I was not going to ask Minyoung because she was like, we shouldn't reply back to them. She had a lot of faith. <laughs> Tons of faith. And it just felt, I mean, how do you bounce back from a setback that feels final? Right? I mean, it doesn't have to be a goal our community has. It could be a goal in your own life. It could be marriage. It could be dating. Ugh. She said no. Final blow. She said yes. No. Is this going to happen? Is this going to work out? Uh, you apply to a school. No. Am I ever going to get into this program? Am I ever going to be this and that? How do you come back from a setback that feels final? And everything inside of you and everyone around you and the statistics and the empirical facts seem to declare you're going to be one of those people. Tell someone you're going to be one of those people. <laughs> what, kind of peop what kind of people? People that don't make it. I'm just one of those people. My mom told me I'm a late bloomer, but maybe she's lying because she's my mom. 
maybe I'm just one of those people that are going to be perpetually in a state of delay. Because you know what? On that phone call, that's what it sounded like to me. We all felt discouraged. And what if we just gave up? You know, I'm like, hey, and that's the euphemisms, you know, Christians particularly use when they feel like the logic, the reduction of what's going on, it's just, you know, how we alleviate the pain and the disappointment. We go, you know, maybe that's God's will. No, it's not God's will. God, the Bible says what? Go and make disciples of all nations. How could that be God's will? You have to lie and go to NYU. <laughs> Rahab did in the walls of Jericho. And that's how they conquered it. So Peeves went around in deception for four years, ducking in an NY, and at NYU. But eventually they recognized this, and the bylaws were passed. All the people that we would not have led to Christ, all the, I mean, spot collaboration would have never happened. We would have never gave out those boxes. We would not have a presence there. Some of you wouldn't be here. And that's why it is so vital to understand how to come back from setback. So vital to learn the discipline of knowing that if you have a goal, particularly a spiritual goal, you're going to have resistance. And sometimes viscerally, it's going to feel like the final blow. But let me just tell you, this text makes it clear until God says it's over. It ain't over. <laughs> just because it feels, tell someone it feels. Yeah. Millennial feels. All about feelings. You have emojis to express them. I had a conversation with Andy once just with emojis. He was teaching me all, I, he was like, he was like, Doc, don't use that one. That's bad. <laughs> like, why? It's bad. I can't explain it to you. You know what I'm saying? You should not use that emoji. I'm like, why? I can't explain it to you, I said. I mean, just because it feels like it's over in feelings, and we talked about this, right? The, the cognitive distortions a few months ago, it, it'll feel like, and it'll be exaggerated. If the feelings anchor your life of your direction, you're always going to end up in, in the sidewalk. And destiny will end up in the sideways. Because this text anchors us about people that are in a worse condition than you and I. Blind people in 2000, right, 1 AD. I mean... How did they overcome the setback? That, you know, all the crowd around them told them to shut up. Everything in their life reinforced the message of the arrows that said, your life is not going to change. No matter how much you beg him or her or them, your life will remain the same. Just be quiet. And a lot of us have this temptation at one point in many times in our life to just silence and give in and resign to those voices. I'm done. And you kill your heart. 
This text is about developing intensity. Tell someone intensity. It's about developing intensity. It's about developing an intensity that will guard your destiny. It rhymes, okay, remember that. If you want to achieve your destiny, you have to cultivate intensity, even when you feel like it's over. Right? You, you have to develop this intensity. And so that's the question I want to answer. How do you come back from a setback that feels final? Let's look at this text. Bye, sad guy. Okay. So verse 31, the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. I love, I mean, if they just gave into the resignation and the cultural voice and complied, was complicit to the fact that their life will remain the same, we would not be reading the story. There's a but. But it says, but they shouted what? All the louder. And they said again, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And that word Lord is a powerful pregnant sentence and word. Because when they said that word Lord, unlike in America in 2019, is very different than the word Lord at this time of Jesus. Because when they said Lord, they never actually, what, read anything. They were what? Blind. They never read the Torah. There was no scrolls. They could not read. They were blind. How did they hear about Jesus? How did they hear that the Messiah is coming? They what? They heard it. Like many of you are hearing about Jesus now. The oral tradition of the Jewish culture is that these men, even though they were blind and they were poor and they were homeless, were allowed to hear the word of God. And faith came by, the Bible says, by what? By hearing. It was so, so very important that they heard it, what? Orally. And so when they said, Lord, they were attaching that name to who Jesus was. What they were saying was, you are not just Augustus Caesar, the Lord of the Roman Empire, the world, the, 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 the ruler of the ancient world. No, Jesus, you are the cosmological king of not just the earth, but the cosmos. The blind men sh shouted even louder when they said, Lord, you are God. You are the one that controls all things. And you need to pay attention to what they do. It's a critical lesson what you need to learn when anxiety hits you. Their anxiety and their condition, what do they do? Their intensity rises above what? Their anxiety. Say, say to someone next to you, their what? Their intensity rises above what? Their anxiety. Because they were anxious. Shut up. Silence. Be quiet. What are, you, what are you talking about? Jesus doesn't have time for you, you loser. You're blind. Accept it. There's nothing productive that could come out of your life. You are too delayed. You are too flawed. It is too 
late for you. You're just broken and flawed and you're going to remain this way. No. And that's what happens to us when we, we feel anxious. Anx anxiety comes and it, it rises. It takes our intensity and we just fall. And it buries us in quicksand. Oh, my life is going to be over. Oh, my God. I got a B. <laughs> now I'm not going to get to med school. My parents are not going to love me. I'm going to fail. I'm going to end up homeless. <laughs> when anxiety comes, usually, and it feels like you're not going to be able to proceed, you're not going to be able to overcome, that's what happens. Quicksand. You, anxiety buries you. In your fear, in the sea of fears, it buries you. But what do they do, the two men? They use anxiety as fuel. You know that feeling? It's almost like anger. It's like, I'm not going to get anywhere. Get mad. Tell someone, get mad. Use it as fuel. They use it as fuel. They go, they go, shut up. No, you shut up. They let, what, they, they raise their intensity above anxiety. The American College of Sports Medicine has dictated this fact that the, the best workout is called HIT. High-intensity training. I tried it the other day. For eight minutes. I ran back and forth in my house, which is about, I don't know, a thousand square feet back and forth, dribbling a basketball. I'm preparing for the retreat, you know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> after, after five minutes, I get, uh, you know, I got 15 pound, you know, dumbbell or whatever, and started doing 20 squats. And my wife said, you are so gross. <laughs> because I've never had more sweat, perspiration, than in a decade or so. But, but look at this. I mean, like, it's an empirical fact that hit is how you not only develop muscle, but become the best you. So then, spiritually, you want to use this lens. And you use hit as a lens through, to spirituality. We have to do hip, too. You want to become a hip Christian? Not like always a, a depressed Christian? Oh. I don't think it's going to work out. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Other people are better than me. That's a depressed Christian. A hip Christian learns high-intensity prayer. Tell someone, high-intensity prayer. High intensity. Hip, just like hit, is high-intensity prayer. That's what these men do. That's how you take, you rise your intensity above the anxiety. A lot of times, uh, we talked about this e a year ago, that people like to vent to people. Like when something bad happens to you, I mean, people ask me all the time. They like to vent to me. I can't believe I paid this much for this. See, I can't believe I have to watch my kids for all, all day. You know, the people just like vent. All kinds of venting. Studies have shown empirically, venting doesn't help you. Screaming doesn't help you. You're like, no, no, when I scream, I feel better. No, no. You actually made it worse because you're taking anxiety and rising the anxiety. You're going to feel it again. 
instead of screaming to nothingness and burdening everybody else, what about turning to the God of the universe to bring perspective and vision in the moment? Because that's what these men do. They, 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 they rise above the anxiety with their intensity and get God's attention. So if you want to come back from a setback that feels final, you have to learn hit and hip. High-intensity prayer. You go, but that's so weird. So what? Everybody's weird in New York. You're in the subway. You're going through discouragement. You're going through a time of depression or discouragement. Just be like, oh, Lord. Just put some music on, Hillsong music on. When my knee touched the ground, I touched the sky. What, I mean, just put, it, just put it in and just be like, oh, Lord. Come ask the medieval Medi thing from Tyler Perry movies. Lord. You have to learn that word, Lord. P New York is the only city in the world where you can be crazy and it's acceptable. <laughs> you go to a supermarket, you're in a restaurant, you got some bad news, just be like, Lord. Lord, I need, I need you right now. I feel so discouraged. I feel like I'm such a loser. And then God be like, no, you're not. That's why you need to do this hip exercise. That's why you need to hip. So, so it doesn't matter how weird or eclectic this thing is. You've got to learn to conquer anxiety through intensity. And that comes through high-intensity prayer. I'm quite honest with you right now, I'll tell you honestly. I get discouraged so easily. You're like, no, you don't. I do. You ask my wife. I get discouraged all the time. So much, in fact. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I, don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't think we have, you know, I don't think we raised enough money for this. I don't, you know, I'm just always worried. And that's why I'm always doing hip. That's why I look hip. You're like, well, that's corny, but I'm hip. You're not. I'm doing high-intensity prayer. I'm calling to the God of the universe. I'm not being counterproductive, venting to nothing about how things are, you know, being fatalistic about my life, right? No, I'm doing, I'm coming to him. And I learned hip. So that actually someone that was in 2006, name would... Obama and Michelle Obama, and he was a Korean couple. That was a name to the, to the you know, top five couples, power couples in the United States. They were right there in Forbes magazine with Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. And then you see this Ajashi. That's Korean for old Korean man. Founder of Forever 21 couple. I think someone from our church went to school with one of the daughters. They were there, like kind of look, looking awkward. Word $7 billion, founder of Forever 21. They interviewed them at the, you know, power couple, whatever. And they're like, so what's your secret? How'd you make it? You know, was it school? Uh, you know, was it your work ethic? And the man said, well, I didn't go to college. I dropped out. They're like, what? And at 18, I met a person driving a Ferrari 
And I was like, wow. And I, I was pumping his gas. And I said, what do you do? He goes, uh, he, he says, I'm in fashion, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, that's what I need. I need to open up a boutique fashion store. Did he go to, did he go to you know, FIT? Did he go to Parsons like some of you? No. Never went to school. He said, you know, I think it's a good idea, you know. We'll just start a, a fashion boutique store to sell clothes. He said it didn't really work out that well in the beginning. He was really discouraged. Like, so what, what'd you do? Well, okay, this is, he goes, this might sound weird, but I have been going to morning prayer in my Korean church in L.A. for the last 25 years at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I learned the power of Lord. I just prayed that God would come through. I just prayed that God would be faithful. I just prayed. Father of Forever 21 is actually one of the greatest generous donors to all things mission in the United States. Funds the Luzon movement and all. Because he learned also to conquer anxiety through high intensity prayer. So, you know, seven billion sounds nice now. For those of you not going into ministry and going into business, this might be a good practice. Been always thinking about your GMAT score or thinking about who's better than you or the person has a better resume. Maybe you need to open to the God of the universe that how he can use you in his plan. So, what are you discouraged about? What are you going through where you can implement this from today? You'd be going out the street right after church and you just look like a crazy person outside. You should just start praying high intensity, but say, Lord, come through. Sometimes if you don't know what to say, just say the name Lord like a billion times. That's what these men do. So that's the first thing. So what's the first thing we learn here? Read it with me. Raise your what? Above your what? Natural anxiety. Secondly, let's move down. And it says that when they cried louder, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. Their faith changed their fate. What is faith in a nutshell? If you wanted to take it apart and really understand the heart and the psychology beyond what faith is, what is it? Why would anyone have faith? if they have what they already wanted. It's hope. Hope projected to the God of the universe. It's trust not in circumstances or probability of even goodwill. It's trust that God is good. My wife does this in worship. God is good all the time. God is good. It's, so his character doesn't change. That's what faith is. So what these men changed what seemed and felt like faith fate. This is my fate, to be buried here in obscurity, being a loser, lost, broken. I'm never going to get out of here. And it viscerally feels like that sometimes in setbacks and disappointments and discouragement. That's why you need faith. Because 
The truth is, only God could have moved mountains, but faith and prayer moves God. So, we've been sharing my article here. I want to tell you the story, and I want to show you the process of what discouragement feels like. And I told you I get discouraged easily. Sometimes people ask me, so uh, I get a lot of questions from LinkedIn about, hey, how do you, can, I, can, can you help me write for CT? And I go, well, they have to invite you, bro. Then I could just ask anybody. I mean, there's thousands of submissions every day. It's like trying to get published in the New York Times. You know, getting published in the New York Times is actually more difficult than getting into Harvard. So if you get something published in New York Times, that's better than going to Harvard. Because you have millions of submission every day, especially if you're trying to write a, per a perspective or opinion piece, right? So it's like that for the Christian world. So here you see um, they shared my work on the border, immigration, refugees, and how, how the, you know, the heart of it is the UN Declaration 1947 says that you can seek asylum in any country. You can seek asylum in North Korea. You probably wouldn't want to, but you can. It's actually international law. It's an interna international obligation that where there is any border, anyone running or being persecuted in danger of violence, or war, it's legal to seek asylum. You're not just crossing the border, but you're saying, hey, I'm here to seek asylum. I'm running from danger. That's guaranteed by the UN 1947 Human Rights Declaration. My thing is, well, Jesus says, the UN says that, but Jesus said, go the extra mile. Whether ideological, geographical, whatever it is, you have to show your neighbor the love of God. And if you really want to get technical, every single person is an immigrant, including Jesus. Not only because he took refuge in Africa after King Herod went mad and wanted to genocide all, all babies, because the great migration is the incarnation, right? God comes from heaven to earth. He leaves his home country to save this one. It's a great migration. But anyway, you can read it if you want. I'm going to stop talking about it after this week. People are sick of it now. So, um, if you see uh, some of the thing, it, it, in 48 hours, even Harvard shared it, it went viral, shared 3,100 times in 48 hours, thousands of comments from bro, both con and pro positions. And it could look like, you know, when we, we put this on social media, man, you know, Dr. Samba got it together. It's important, he's doing important work. No, that's, that's cool. That's not going to be like me. That's not me. I can't do that. See, what people don't know about, about highlights, because, you know, clearly this would be a highlight in my life, are the bloopers. Because what people don't realize is printing this, because a vision has two states. First, a mental vision, a picture, what you see, and then physical. Four months before this, this is what, let me show you the email. I submitted this. Hey, friend, hope you're well. I was on vacation, and I'm only getting through email now. Oh, really? You know, people are dying in the border. Hey, your article on immigration was good, but this is something we want to run on the exchange at this point. Please don't read too much uh, into this. We, we are moving around, saying no to articles all the time for various reasons. 
related to schedule, topic, and current news items, and et cetera. I will hold it in the case we can use it in the future. Right when I read this, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> Trump just declared uh, they want to get refugees next 2020 to zero. What could be more important than right now? I was about to delete this email. Delete, whatever. Four months before, before the physical reality of speaking into something that's paramount to the world, guess what? There's resistance. If you think anyone can do something altruistic for the glory of God and for the, better, for the betterment of the world, without paying a price of resistance, you're deluding yourself. Because four months before, I was like, I don't know a better time. And then she says, if you want to send a replacement article in replace, I'll take that. So I sent an, a replacement article, which became you know, the second most read in CT that week. Just saying. So if this setback didn't happen, I wouldn't have got to plus two things. Because it could look like this is not going to happen. You know, this is, this is not going to work out. You know, this sucks. This is so vital, so important. But because of the delay, I got to write another piece <laughs> that was read thousands and thousands of times by millions of people around the world. And then, you see, you can't keep up so easily. When, when, when the current administration passed, and, you know, appealed for this border wall, funding of the border wall by Supreme, Supreme Court allowed to take military funding to, to build a wall. And there's quite legislation around this. And when I heard that, I went mad. I, did, I was doing hit by myself back and forth, just like I did hit the other day. You know what I'm saying? I said, like, God, this can't happen. We got to say something. We got to do something. I can't just stand, I just can't stand here or sit here and do nothing and not say anything. So I reached out to him again. By text this time. No email, I'm not playing around. Like, hey, I think, you know, knowing what's going on with the Supreme Court funding the border wall and of them approving it, I think this is something we got to release. This time, four months later, rather than resistance, I got compliance. You know what, Sam, I think you're right. I think we have to release this now. But you need to update this, because it's been four months, you know, and this is, you know, a lot has changed. I'm on vacation in California. Oh, well, no vacation. Time to do hip, time to do hip, you know? Start writing. What if I given up? Because I was discouraged. Big difference when you're getting rejected from a major publisher. And listen to the voice of the enemy, the demonic voice is never going to happen. People don't care about this enough. People. You see, how do you come back from a setback that feels final? Well. 
Faith changes fate. So what do we learn? We learn from this text. What do we learn from my example? That um, if you want to protect your destiny, you have to learn to cultivate intensity. <laughs> if you want, to, you want to guard your destiny, the calling that God has for your life, you need to learn right now to cultivate intensity. You take anxiety as fuel and you use it. Because it's not just your destiny, your faith that is on the line. It's others as well. Because when this article was released, I heard back from Duke, from Harvard, from the UN even. Pease posted the article. There's someone that was seeking in our church that works for social policy at the UN. She's a seeker. And she said, I read the article, Peeps, that you posted up. And let me tell you, I might consider coming to church. Because for the first time, I feel like a pastor and a church said something about those who are most vulnerable. And that represents who Jesus is to me more than any sermon. Because she was a refugee that came to this country, now working at the UN. So sometimes, you pressing through in your life is not just about changing your destiny. It can also what? change the destiny of others. You have a responsibility, if you're a Christian, to not allow the discouragement to destroy or bury your life. Because the God of the universe is on your side. It's changing her destiny. And if I gave up to the discouragement, I would not hurt back from Duke. They say, we read your article. Can you write a book with us about immigration and refugees? Really? And there's some famous people I had a call, call with. I was like, whoa, these are famous people. I want to talk to them. I was like, I'm so glad I didn't give up. Because there are times I'm like, people don't care about this. This is, this is a non-issue for people. Given to cynicism, given to anxiety. So. What are you discouraged about? What's the chronic dis list of discouragement in your life that makes you want to give up? Give up witnessing to someone that you're sharing Jesus with? Whatever else, etc. We have we have deserts in the sun next week. We have the retreat. What what if we cultivated intensity and became an agent of change for God's kingdom? Everything could change. Amen? Stand and pray together. Father, we want to come before you today. Some of us feel this setback in our lives. I feel viscerally very like it's final. That there can't be no resurrection, just death. That it's impossible for me to move forward from this place. I'm stuck here. either in a place of obscurity, place of anxiety, and all the lies of the enemy. You know, the greatest spiritual muscle that you're going to develop is not a relationship with a spiritual leader or a book The greatest spiritual 
weapon you have in your life today is, is your choice. It's your autonomy. It's what you will do where you are in your life today. Because if you're going to pray, you're going to have to choose to pray. If you're going to read the Bible, you're going to have to choose to read the Bible. If you're going to go to church, you're going to have to choose to go to church. Because Jamba Juice and Avocado Toast and the brunches, they're all there, competing commitments in our life. Instead of praying, you can turn into Netflix with all the new shows going on. Or go on social media. The greatest spiritual muscle we need to cultivate is choosing God all the time, especially in discouragement. So today, will you learn the power of the name Lord? Say, God, teach me the power of your name. The God of the cosmos, the God of heaven, the God controls everything, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So today, will you lift your hands with me as we ask this from the Lord? Let's make this our prayer. So welcome, everybody, to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and Friends. I'm your host, Joe Liu, and today I'm joined by Pastor Lydia, who is the pastor of Transformation and co-founder of 180 Church here with me today. How are you doing, Pastor Lydia? I'm good. Hi, Joe. Hello. Um, Thanks for joining me today. I'm actually really stoked to be podcasting with you today because I was really, I think, invigorated by yesterday's message. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I, I have a lot of questions. And um, I wanted to learn a lot more with you about what HIP looks like, high-intensity prayer, and uh, really, like, the very visceral experience I've had with, you know, coming to terms with who our Lord is, right? Like, who Jesus is and the importance of knowing when to cry out to Christ and to God as our Lord. You know, I think there's so many implications of realizing and acknowledging that Christ is your Lord. And, you know, I'm coming from a place where with my faith as it's developed over time and, like, with more experiences spiritually, like, the the value of knowing that God is your Lord or Christ as your Lord has just kind of grown. Um, and I start to see like just how much it impacts my life to know that, you know, my life is in service or it's in obedience to, uh, God and knowing that I can draw my faith and my hope in my Lord, you know? Um, and so just wanted to, you know, really pick your brain and start there with like, you know, how, like, how did you come to terms with knowing that, like, Christ was your Lord? Or, like, when was that the experience so that, you know, you felt like you were able to, like, truly acknowledge, like, Christ as your Lord or God as your Lord? Hmm. It's a big question. It's yeah. a big question. Um, I think f- uh, f- for me it became clear to me that Jesus was not just my savior, but my Lord. Mm. When I realized that I was pretty much in control of, um, my future, my performance towards, Mm. um, the future, even doing the will of God. Mm. And 
I had to come to a place. I came to a place where I realized I was pretty much the focus, and when I surrendered, um, it was very clear to me mm. that I was no longer leading my life, but the Lord was leading my life, and mm. that He was in charge. Right. So for me, it was a powerful. Mo- it, it was a moment, but also, of course, it grew over time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely relate with uh, what you are just saying about like Christ becoming your Lord because I think like when I think back about how I came to understand lordship and really who's in control of my life, like in the beginning stages of my faith, I remember distinctly how often I kind of downplayed how pivotal Christ is in my life in terms of like how I make my choices or how I make my decisions. Like it really underplayed the role of who god was in my life or who christ was like i think i would like when i was younger think about certain things or think about what i was going to do next with my life or like with my day even and if i were to think about what god is thinking about certain things about how i might operate in this day i often was like ah you know I, i can do my own thing also you know but you know it's like only in the recent few years i think that i'm starting to really develop like a gravitas of knowing who the lord is you know and so Mm -hmm. um do you think that's like um like i guess this is kind of like a vague question but like do you know where that comes from like where that where you start to really understand the gravity of what lord means or like knowing that christ is your lord Mm. oh jesus talks about um without becoming like a child Mm. You can't enter the kingdom of God. And receiving the grace to be saved, to be led, um, to be transformed, that is pretty much like a child. You have to receive it. Mm. Like, meaning, you know, a child doesn't think, did I deserve this? Mm. But when you give them something they li- that's, that they want, they take it, right? Mm, yeah. um, it's only when we grow up, we start to think more in merit-based, like, why are they giving it to me? You know, but like real childlike. I'm talking about like not even like an old soul child talking like, oh, yeah. why are you giving this to me? But like real pure, like just receiving. Like if I gave something to Josh, um, he's getting a little smarter now, but like <laughs> much younger and I gave him something he loves, he would be like, oh, thanks, mommy. He won't be asking my motives, right? Mm, right, right. But now he's learning there's a little bit of responsibility. So, you know, but... Um, I loved this verse and I think the question you're asking is, is it gradual or how does it become, um, more clear that Jesus is truly Lord? Right, right. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know, the process of growing in Christ is really, uh, it's truly a process, right? Mm. So someone who says yes, even as an adult, doesn't necessarily mean just because you're, you know, you're much older, um, you're smarter that you get what it means to truly follow Christ or to know that he is your Lord. Mm. But it's a process of growing and realizing um, of self-discovery and why we need Mm. the Lord. And um, it's a convergence of realizing why we need a savior over time, why we need to be saved, why we need the creator's mm-hmm. help, you know, uh, leadership, direction right. over time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like it comes with age per se, right? We're all 
born as a newborn baby in Christ. Hmm. But you know what I mean? I yeah. guess I'm, but you know, the psalmist, I, the psalmist says this in Psalms 116.5 to 6. It's the NLT version, which is a new living translation version. I just highlighted this because it says, How kind the Lord is, how good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. I mean, he's in a much dire situation of, you know, trying to be protected from death. But mm. it is like that. Like a lot of things, there's different translations. I think they use like, um, like immaturity or, you know, but childlike faith, like there is something about how God sees us and he takes us through the process of growth. Mm. And in that process where we're not perfect, but he, the perfecter is, as he leads us, there's a point where as we put our trust in him, the trust grows and there's an understanding that grows mm. over time. Like in any really good relationship with anyone, your trust grows because you realize this is a safe person, right? right. So it's in that process where your understanding of lordship also grows. Mm. So I think gravitas, um, I love that word, but like, yeah, it, that the understanding of that also grows over time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's in your story, my story, and that's kind of like the process that we're on as we're walking in Christ. Right, for sure. I think something that you just said about like how you're understanding the person of who Christ is or the character of who God is, is kind of like one of the key things that kind of formulates lordship for me. Because like when I'm thinking about the text that Dr. Sammy preached on uh, this weekend was, you know, it, it's in this story that w where you see a couple blind people reach out and call on the on the name of Christ and they address him as Lord. Um, and I think it's like not only that they physically did the act of acknowledging that Christ is Lord, it's like they knew in their hearts like emblematically that this is a person that can save them. This is like who their Lord is. And, you know, when they shout even louder, like Lord, Lord, um, you know, it's like they knew who this person was. Like they knew who the person of Christ was, like the impact that, he had and the the knowing that this was the son of god coming to rescue and to save um and i think like it's not the exact same thing for me but it's it's almost like you can see like parallel in like maybe a lot of our lives I'm, I'm not too sure but especially in my life how like it seems like when we're undergoing really stressful times or points in our lives where we've it's we're on the brink of giving up or you know, just about to like, you know, resign and say like, I can't do this anymore. Like it's, it's when we call on the name of Christ in those dire times or call on the name of God that really, sh and it's in those moments when God comes through and we get to see who God and Christ really are. It's like when it reinforces for us, like this is our Lord, you know? And I think, um, you know, as we're talking about like the, you know, setbacks and like how to overcome the setbacks that we might be facing right now, you know, it's, it's really important for a lot of us to know that we do have a Lord that we can go to, like uh, a God that is omniscient, omnipotent, and can, you know, pull us through anything that we might be undergoing right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to mention that, so they, their faith came of recognizing that this was the Lord. Mm. 
I know we say our Lord, but there's really ultimately one Lord, right? right. So they recognize that this was the Lord because although they were blind, they heard about him. Yeah. And as they heard about him, they knew who he was because um, they found faith and hope that this is the one. Like mm. there was an understanding right. that came to them, right? Yeah. Much like um, when we are at church, there are a lot of seekers hearing and at one point or another, they're like, oh, this man I'm seeking, this Christ, oh, he is God. Mm. There's a point where there's an understanding that comes, yeah. and that comes from hearing the word. So it wasn't like out of a vacuum, all right. of a sudden they got they got up and they cried out, Lord, right. because they thought some magician was coming to town. But there was a recognition and an acknowledgement, mm. Lord, right? right? Yeah. Um, and what'd you say, secondly? Oh, um, about how in our setbacks, it's like, cause like, I think I'm, I've always seen like the person of Jesus always became larger and larger. The more I cried out during like difficult times. Cause like when I was, a, I guess like a nominal Christian or like a person that was like attending church, but not really doing anything to develop my faith, like intentionally. Um, and I faced like tough times and such and i had nowhere to turn but to turn to god and like when god pulled through for me it was always oh wow this is who god is and it, it became like a much larger perspective of i think who jesus was in my life and that's where like i think um a lot of my development and lordship came from and like being able to know that i'm placing my confidence my faith and hope in the god of the universe mm-hmm. um because you saw him come through yeah you know i think mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's like at the moment in which we're like hearing this message from Dr. Sammy and like we're talking about it. I think it's like we we forget that, you know, like that God is the Lord and Christ is the Lord and he's in control. Because um, when I'm thinking about like mm-hmm. what's going on with my life right now, it's so easy to lose that perspective um, because I tend to, I think, be... I'm, I'm really encouraged that Dr. Sammy shared this, that he has like a tendency to be quickly discouraged also. Cause I mm-hmm. thought like that was just me, you know? And mm-hmm. it's easy to think that it's just you that, Oh, like you can, I can like label myself as a quitter or like I don't have any grit or discipline when things get hard, you know? And like, I'm thinking back to the time where, you know, I'm trying to make a decision about going to school and, you know, I encountered like a really big financial issue. And so immediately my first thought was like resignation and like despair like there's no way i could do this i can't do it you know and to think that like how fast we forget like how god is in control of everything is like you know it's not like a bad thing i think that's just like a tendency to forget who the lord is you know because i think um i have like a chronic tendency to just be in my anxiety and like just give up really quickly mm-hmm. um but i was uh when i was hearing that and like especially just like how timely it is now that i'm going to be going to school in like a couple weeks that you know it's it's in those setbacks and in those moments that like you forget who god is and then god shows up and like god is like sh- reveals who he is in those moments you say timely but sam was saying it's not if but when yeah so some people are not in that place where they're feeling discouraged. Things are going really well. Mm, yeah. Like I think like 
someone said the other day they read um, a devotional by Jesus Calling and it was talking about adversity and they were like, oh, what, what adversity? adversity? Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And it's kind of like that. When things are going well, you're just like, mm. I don't know. When things are good, it's right. kind of like in summer, you forget how cold it is. You During know? The winter, yeah. Yeah. So you, you completely forget even though it was right around the corner. Mm. But you, it's timely for you because... Also, there's an aspect as you're growing and you're, and you say you used to call yourself a quitter mm, yeah. and you even said like, I don't even think it's a bad thing because you're like trying to grow out of it yeah, or grow yeah. out of the mindset of it. But you kind of learn that you have a tendency, mm. not just you, but we, right? Mm. As we mature, we kind of, and become more self-aware, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, more self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we realize, okay, I tend to be like this, right? Mm. I tend to um, get discouraged. And, you know, that self-awareness can be used towards wisdom, right? Mm. To be aware. And then, so, it might not be now for some people. Right. It's timely for you, um, for some not, but it's when it happens, mm. what do you do? Right. So when it happens. So what do you do? <laughs> well, you turn to God. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely the answer. <laughs> yeah, but you know, turning to God is a very active engagement, mm. though. Right. You know, and this one, the one, um, the message of HIP, which is high intensity prayer, alongside of HIT, which is high intensity training, yes. is there's an emphasis on the intensity, breaking through anxiety mm-hmm. with intensity. Right. You know, like, um, so on Sunday I had lunch. On, it was like so hot, right? All it was of a sudden really it's hot. August and yeah. it's like so hot and I was like sweating after service. But I actually went to Chinatown to have pho with mm-hmm. like a group of people. And honestly, it was hot and I was like, why are we going so far? But because um, Chinatown's a little bit away from, from where Union Square yeah, is. Square. But anyway, um, I was set out to have lunch actually that's not my point about the fact of lunch but <laughs> i got on you know the subway that you take in yes. union square i went down the stairs with everyone and there were these two guys they were just like waiting for their train to come and i guess they're like street performers mm-hmm. and it was just so funny because sam had preached on only in new york city you can scream and be crazy and everything is normal yep that's a typical day in new yeah, york city yeah it's like i think anywhere else it's like oh my god what's going on are you all right yeah but it's you almost expect it. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So these two guys, everyone's like, you know, w- the train's about to leave. It closes and it's about to leave. And they're like, oh, we're about to perform just once for one stop. Can you make room for us? Can you make room for us? It's these two young guys, yeah, yeah. maybe like 18, 20, I don't know. And then they start like doing these like acrobatic things mm-hmm. using their muscles. Yeah, the Showtime guys. You know them? Yeah, there's uh, there's like a whole, there's a whole bunch of them. They'll like go into they'll do like break dancing stuff with like the subway poles and all that. Yes, the subway yeah. poles. Yeah. Showtime. So the thing about New York City, for those of you not in New York City, like these street performers, whether they're musicians or mm-hmm. dancers yeah. or artists, like people know them because they're there regularly, oh, yeah. uh-huh. right? It's kind of like part of the part rhythm of the, of the city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but. I was laughing. I was like, wow, so timely. Because in all my times where I've taken the train to have lunch, Mm because, you know, 
I I was like, guys, what a great example. Talk about because it was hot. They yeah. it was seemed so unnecessary, yeah. but for them it was like they're breaking the anxiety of the heat mm-hmm. by performing because they had a goal. Yeah, you know, and I was just like laughing at that, but um, the emphasis being on intensity. Right. It's not just about um, God. I need you. Yeah. But it's really like at the core, like calling, like really calling on the Lord right. and saying, Lord, I need you. Yeah. Sam even went um, as far as to say, if you have no words, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, what am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. Just call on the Lord. Lord, yeah. 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 I think the, you know, to touch on that point about like the intensity, that's something I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would be shocked to know if you follow my Instagram that I'm not a very intense person. Like intensity for me had to be learned. And I think I I, I really love that Dr. Sammy said that um, like you have to cultivate intensity. Because like I think a lot of the times we assume that some people are just more intense mm. than others. They're just like born with it. It's like, oh, how do you persevere or how do you get that grit? It's like, oh, they're, they're just that way. But it's not really necessarily like that. You know, it's. It's like when we're like fervently praying and like fervently like like seeking God during times of stress and like uh, trials in our life is like when we develop that intensity, right? It's like especially when it comes to you know overcoming these like setbacks that oftentimes would just kind of put us in a place where we'd say like oh, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like it's like is it even worth continuing? Right. Mm-hmm. Y- you know. Um it's not that some are born with more intensity than others. Mm. And maybe by personality type, it could seem right. like it. Because some are more like, I don't know, more of an alpha type than others. And some have to really work on voicing. Yeah. Um, some have to internalize what they're saying mm. over time to realize what they say matters. Or, you know, it's there is a personality factor. But this type of intensity is, it doesn't matter if you're a really timid person. Right or really bold and outrageous this this type of intensity of calling on the lord is really based on the fact that he is the god of the impossible Mm. he is the supernatural god right so the supernatural aspect of who he is is really really important in the conversation right right yeah yeah Mm. because you know some of the most timid people Mm. are the most fieriest, if yeah. that's a word, of um, not just prayers, but getting their goals done for Christ. Mm. What do you mean? Like some some of the most timid people by nature can be the most... Um, tenacious? Tenacious. Um, is fiery a word? Fiery is a word. Yeah, fieriest. Fieriest, I guess these <laughs> but the you most know what fiery I'm people. Yeah, the most fiery people uh. who um, who are on mission. Uh. Because ultimately, it's not really about... I mean, these men called out to Jesus because mm-hmm. they had a goal. Right. It's not like, Jesus, what's up? It was like they wanted sight. I mean, yeah. they've been crying out for help all these years. Mm-hmm. And they heard and they called him Lord and said, basically asked for healing, right, right? Of their sight. So it's not like we're just praying to get through mm. only, but it's really 
to pursue a goal. Right. So to reach a goal. I see. So it's like we curate this intensity during the breaking points in our pursuit of like mission or pursuit of goals, like so that we can experience breakthrough. Yeah. Like for God to come through. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Mm. Um, you know, I was like thinking about it um, because this message was really powerful for me too. You know, he actually had preached this before yeah. about high intensity prayer, but every time is such a reminder, right? Uh, such a great reminder. And I was just thinking like, I remember in my earlier years of evangelizing, mm. I was very timid. Like it was really? kind of like, yeah, I did evangelism because I knew I couldn't contain the good news to myself mm. that I had received of salvation, of freedom, of who the Lord is. But I had to really push myself, you know, right. and in the beginning stages of really sharing the word, I, I remember it was a lot harder. Mm. I remember this one time. Mm. I was in a, like, I felt convicted to approach someone mm -hmm. that I knew. And the person was, like, right in front of me. I felt convicted, and I wanted to encourage the person. Mm. And um, like, as an example, right, I couldn't even, like, step, I don't know, a foot to mm. approach them. I literally had to, I fought myself for, like, an hour acting like nothing was wrong. Mm -hmm. I had nothing on my mind. Um, playing it cool, safe, whatever. Yeah. Um, and many times, like, these things would happen. Like, the moment would pass. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, oh, man, why can't I just, like, you Go know, in. like, talk to them? Yeah. So I remember feeling like that. Like, oh, man, am I ever going to get good at this? Mm -hmm. Like, because my heart was bigger in that my desire to reach out was yeah. there but in terms of like my intensity it yeah. lacked it lacked right but the intensity was in there somewhere yeah but i don't think it matched up to the heart that i had oh. it really was built over time right right but now like 20 years later when i hear that like you know someone is pursuing god mm seeking god and like for example if like everyone feels like oh i don't know if this person's gonna come to christ yeah. in the community i'm like like a light bulb goes on yeah. in my head and i'm like all right i want to try yeah well that intensity is there over time because i think it was built over time mm. and i saw god come through yeah you know through the failures and through the um moments where i achieve i don't want to well, it is a goal, though. Like, as you know, we want to share. We want that mm -hmm. person to taste that the Lord is good, right? Right. So, over time, but it was like moments and moments and stages and stages of really, like you, kind of like you, when you put more weights on and weights mm -hmm. on, which I don't understand why <laughs> physically, but you're carrying heavier, heavier things because uh, you have a goal, yeah. physical goal. But for me, spiritually, it was the same thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, I could totally see that. So, because, like, it seems like faith and hope is something that you can have because you were able to, over time and over experiences, know that God can reach, 
lost and exactly. God can reach the people that you, we might have given up on because like sometimes for evangelism is super hard. You know, I think like when I was thinking about the sermon, like the latter points about like how your, your, your faith changes your fate. Like, and also it's not that we just have a responsibility for the protecting our own destinies, but also, you know, curating other people's destinies too, because we don't know what the impact of our lives are going to be on others. Like, I'm thinking if I gave up on faith and gave up during the hardest times on church and such like that, you know, my friend Andy wouldn't be here because it, it, like what the decisions and the choices that I made ultimately impacted him being evangelized to and him coming to church. And it's like, because you see instances like that, like, wouldn't you say it's like, that's where you can generate the faith and the hope to continue to hope that God will pull through in these, these really stressful or hard times. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah no it's so true or even the article that sam talked about mm-hmm. he felt a fire in him like you know this is time to speak up about it yeah right i remember um i think i think the intensity is not just about you know it's very different right from mm-hmm. weights right because you you're you're showing up you're making the choice and yeah. you're lifting the weight so you fail and that that is that mm-hmm. and then t- the next day you come back i mean i only know this because you tell me what the process. <laughs> yeah so you you said you fail on that day the next day you come back yeah and you do it again yeah, or you try you or you try, try. Yeah. yeah but that's just you and the gym in the yeah. gym with the weights but the the thing about spiritual goals and more even bigger like life is pretty much um i don't know it's in god's hands right Mm. so it's not like the gym where it's just you and your goal but when and you talked about this before too the aspect of the lord showing up in the impossible is really what makes us grow in intensity Mm. because when we call out to him he shows up and it's that confidence where he keeps showing up over time your level intensity Mm. grows right for sure so it is like a muscle yeah i mean yeah i definitely think it's like a muscle because they're I know it's not the same thing, but even in like the gym is such a trivial example compared to like spiritual goals, I think. But I think one of the things about the gym is that like it's when it's the hardest that sometimes you have to push yourself even harder in Mm. order to for you to see those goals. Because like it's really it's really easy to just kind of give up in the middle of a hard workout and say, like, I just don't have it today and like Mm -hmm. just kind of quit on it Mm -hmm. um it's like in those experiences where you didn't know you were quite able to lift that weight but you went did your best tried your hardest and like just kept going going that you saw like the results afterwards because like ultimately lifting is like putting in the effort now for results that are unseen Mm -hmm. and i almost feel like a, a good amount of faith or a good amount of hope is almost in the same thing it's like we don't really know what to expect from god in the future but we know that what we can do is pray and like really hope and expect god to move very powerfully in our lives and not just our lives but in the lives of others as well um yeah and like i think with like spiritual goals it's much bigger than that because like you're absolutely right in that it's not like just you showing up and like generating the intensity to do things it's like that's like so a to b as opposed to like there's a completely greater force out there that we know 
is like sovereign in the universe that we can like bring our prayers and petitions to to like really help us live lives of destiny right and like protect um not just our fate or like our livelihoods but the lives of others as well yeah and i think you're talking about you know personal goals right in life and we could talk about goals that are more immediate towards and for others Mm -hmm. like kind of like the article Mm -hmm. but in personal goals like you know someone might be asking like what what would me being a doctor matter why would it even matter Mm -hmm. and someone might be feeling that or me becoming a nurse or me um going into the restaurant industry like Mm -hmm. why would that even matter yeah um becoming a chef becoming a baker becoming a fashion designer Mm -hmm. why would that matter and I think a lot of times that's kind of also like the resonation of euphemism too. Like, oh, yeah. oh, it doesn't really matter. And that's why like I gave it up. But it really does matter mm. because it's when Christ followers go into these work workforces, work fields, into the marketplace. It might not matter just to you and to your salary and your status. I mean, yeah, it'll matter to your status and yeah. your salary. But your presence of Christ in that place actually makes a difference for the people around you. Mm. You know, especially now because things are kind of wild out there. Mm. So someone who knows the Lord and knows his love, his kindness, his compassion, his strength, his truth to go out into a field, that really matters. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's so true. Um, I guess my question is then, like, how how do we remember that? Because I think it's so easy for us to, well, and I say us as, like, a generalization because I have a tendency to just not, to, I don't, and I think a lot of it comes from, like, me trying to curb disappointment. You know, like, we resign ourselves to circumstance or we resign ourselves to, like, oh, it's not as important as, like, other people put it out to be or... You know, what I do ultimately doesn't really matter. We're like, oh, this is just, like, not God's plan for me. I think, like, I go into a mode of, like, chronic resignation where it's I underplay what God is trying to accomplish through my life. And, you know, I think in my head I can say, like, oh, Pastor Lydia, what you're saying is absolutely true. Like, I'm, like, there's, my my life is, my life can be impactful for other people's lives as well. But we forget, you know, and it's like so subtle but like even though we know that god is revealing and doing amazing things in our lives it's like we well i tend to i think the best way i can put it is like i think i try to settle my expectations for myself so as to not be disappointed um but like i don't want to live that way because i think it really offsets the power of what god has done and can do in my life and so i guess it's kind of like what what practices or like what disciplines help you continue to persevere despite that kind of you know like despair and cynicism mm-hmm. so the question you're asking is how do you remember that yeah right it's so easy to forget yeah it's just something you hold on to and you hope that god reminds you like 
is there a practical way to remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's why hearing of the word that brings faith and that faith is really what um, creates fate. Mm. Or wh what did he say specifically? Faith changes fate. Yeah, faith yeah. changes fate. That's yeah. an important factor of living for Christ because if you're not hearing the word, um, you know, I think a really great teacher once said, if you stop learning today you will stop teaching tomorrow right in the same way we we have to continue to hear the word because mm. we're we don't as much as you know people say like i have a relationship with god i don't need to go to church you mm. know um my personal relationship is really what's the most important um but a godly community is really important. Gathering to hear God's word is so important mm. because it shakes us up or shakes us off of the delusion and even the disillusionment mm. of the things, whether it's spiritual resistance to our own disillusionment of transitioning from things or discouragement or our own tendencies. And the word has a way of anchoring us. Mm. Um, like we're anchored through the word, through the examples of these two men who turned to God, right. who turned to the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So someone, um, or, you know, someone would say like, I remember we we're having a conversation. Um, it was like, you know, like a very like light conversation and the topic of remembering. How do I remember um, that God is in control? How do I remember that? And then, um, or I think something like I said, hey, you have to remember that to put Christ in the center. Mm -hmm. Because there's always like these moments where people are getting it. And then there's like a clarity that comes. But I think also, you know that you can get it, but you could quickly forget. Yeah. And then I remember the person knew their tendency to forget and said, can you remind me again? You have to remind me again because you know how I can be. I can forget. Mm -hmm. So yeah, through the hearing of the word, we're reminded just like you were encouraged. I was encouraged. So many people after the message, they were like, oh man, Pilate, I was going to give up on this, but I'm not going to give up anymore. Yeah. And so dreams are refreshed and That's encouraged, true. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, Another way, how to remember, well, it is like going to the gym, keeping the practice of turning to God each day. Hmm. And in moments of great discouragement and disillusionment, instead of resigning to that, like taking the step forward and turning to God and really just calling on the name of the Lord. And this actually happens too, like when people are fighting or when couples are fighting mm -hmm. and sometimes in the mix, it could be lots of things, right? Friends fighting, couples fighting, and you just want to give up and not fight anymore because you're just so tired. Yeah. But even then, when one person in that, you know, in that mix says, Lord, can you help me with this? A lot of times, I actually, I would say 100% of the time, the fight changes and mm. there's always a way out. I mean, God promises us that when we turn to him, that there's always a way out, that there's mm. always a way of him lifting us up out of the darkness, mm. you know? And um, the Bible promises that God will shine light in the darkness for the righteous. And righteous really just means that by faith you turn to him, right? Yeah, you know? And I think the other thing is 
because there's so much euphemism and like covering up disappointments, you know, and we hate falling on our face when people are around yeah. or in a community or, you know, it's easy to like edit your Instagram on your own or like your life or your mistakes or erase it when no one's looking, but mm. it gets the pressure gets a lot harder and the discouragement is harder when you feel like you're f- making mistakes and people know that you're trying to achieve a goal. The dis- mm. the discouragement is sometimes stronger for some. Um, and I think in those moments, we just have to be honest to God and to ourselves. Mm. And say, God, I feel like giving up right now. This is not at all um, you saying or, you know, f- the time for me to say, well, maybe I tried throwing the mm, towel. Yeah. But that may be the moment where you have to keep going. Mm. So that honesty, I think, is really important also. So it takes, like, a level of, like, self-awareness again and, like, reflection in order to know whether to keep pressing in and... Yeah, and I I would say self-awareness, yes, but it's... Honesty will develop that Mm, self-awareness. You have to practice honesty with yourself or you're constantly just in delusion, you know? Mm, I see. I know, like... But there are such times where, like, we don't have, like, the discernment to really know what we're experiencing. Like, for example, I think, like, sometimes when the going gets really tough, uh, it can almost be, like, it's impossible to hear God. And it's almost impossible to, like, know what we're supposed to do next. And it's, it's like, almost like we fold or, like, I fold under the pressure or, or like, the anxieties that I might have. Like, this might be so many thoughts circulating in my head that it's almost hard to like really peek your head out and say like, Oh God, I need you. Or like, Lord, I need you. Um, like right now, I think it's like, like for, for some of us who may not like be able to discern that this is like a time to turn to the Lord. Like, um, do you have any like direction in terms of that? Well, I don't think we turn to the Lord because we know it's God's will in the moment. We turn to Um, the Lord because, well, the Bible says, take captive every thought that mm-hmm. exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And when Paul says that, he's not saying take captive every spiritual thought. So you should know if it's spiritual or mm. it's just calling on the one who's in control. Yeah. The author and the perfecter of faith, the cosmological God of the universe. And, the you know, yeah. it's calling on him and saying, God, I need you. So you should be doing that as like often and as yeah, I would say like so. always. Yeah. I see. Is that like what your high intensity prayer looks like? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Because I don't, I don't think I have, like, to that level. Because like, I'm trying to learn to be more prayerful. Um, I'm trying to learn a lot of things. Like, I'm trying to like read the Bible more and like um, pray more. I guess those are like the two things I'm trying. Um, but I guess it's like, uh, how do you? How can I learn to develop high intensity prayer? Because I think like my prayers are generally pretty weak. Almost, it's like even if I'm going through a tough time, it's almost like, man, God, this is hard. Um, I hope you're gonna do something. Signing off, <laughs> you know, it's like uh-huh. it's like even even that is like very like hopeless or like oh, kind of like what is that word? Um, very wishful thinking almost like oh, this is like a really bad situation but i hope something like i'm kind of like 
closing my eyes and reaching out uh-huh. as opposed to like being like god i know you're there for me you know like how do you develop that intensity to know um that god god is there and everything's going to be everything's under his control well i think when you know that something matters mm. especially when something matters bigger than yourself i think the intensity definitely it just it it just it, it is what it is mm. you you you're desperate for something your intensity will increase so there's an aspect intensity grows over time because yeah. you realize i'm going to call on god there's a confidence over time um that you grow because you know that god is able to come through mm-hmm. but also when something is greater than yourself and it's something you know you can't hap- make happen on your on own, your own yeah. then i mean all you I mean, <laughs> you have to call on the Lord. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's not to say like great causes only, but sometimes like the depth of the soul where you feel really discouraged could also feel like that too, mm. where you're so desperate. I remember, you know, in my early 20s, like most of my prayer was, God, I'm so desperate for you. Or I'd mm. be like, God, I'm very miserable. I need you. Right. And he would show up in a way that i wouldn't expect but he would always show up so and i would say your prayer even though you're uncertain like god can you show up and i can't see you but that's exactly the thing though you're turning to god because you can't see that's that's pretty (laughs) profound yeah because it's not about eloquence and that's why it's like even calling on the lord the lord knows Mm. i mean Psalm says that he knows our thoughts, he knows our words even before we say them, mm-hmm. right? So he, it's not like he doesn't know, but he knows our need too, you know? Like you meet very intuitive people, they just know. Like the other day, I think like I made a spill at a table full of like very nurturing women and like so many hands came to help me out. Mm. Like someone moved my cup, someone like wiped <laughs> the spill, someone moved my chopsticks and right. got me, someone asked for new napkins. Like, but, and that's just like very nurturing, intuitive group of women, right? Mm-hmm. But God knows already what mm. we need. And that's why like the Bible says, what Jesus says in the Bible, seek first the kingdom of God for your heavenly father already knows what you need, Mm, right? Like there is already knowing. So when we say Lord, it's saying, Lord, you are the God of the universe. I need you to show up. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think sometimes we complicate. I think it. so too. I yeah, mean, like, oh, and what, in what volume set should I speak? Yeah. It's, it's not like that. Yeah, it's technical in that we definitely there's power in uttering the name of Jesus. Yeah, and calling on the Lord, and it's an encouragement and also a challenge to actually do that because some people may never have experienced calling on the Lord in a messy way. Yeah sometimes it's so composed it's so like organized you know i think some people be like when i get home from work and after i go to the gym then i think i'm gonna go pray about that that's fine but a lot of times we don't have that organized time frame where we can some things are more dire then what will you do Mm. will you wait till 7 30 to do that but what if something comes up then you haven't talked to god no in the moment you could, in your workplace, you could go to the bathroom and be like, Lord, 
Or sometimes oh, where... Oh, there's so many times I do that. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'll go on... Um, and this is like an issue, I think. Um, I've heard that older believers are wondering, you know, older believers used to gather in prayer meetings and pray. Mm. Um, but how are the younger people doing it? Because like there's less prayer meetings. Yeah. But, you know, just like when you text and the Lord hears you, like you can sometimes i go on my notes where i literally cannot be loud i'll go on my notes on my phone and be like lord and then there's an intensity there too and mm. he shows up also so yeah there's so many creative ways to call on the lord mm. but yeah uttering the name of jesus is important mm. but texting is also vocal too and sometimes we got to do that like i'd rather do that and not not call on the lord yeah so, like, expressing any kind of, like, need and desperation at any circumstances, yeah. you know, it's like God in will all, hear I that. I mean, the Bible says in all circumstances. Right, right. Yeah. In, in, all circum- in all circumstances, do you think we should always be intense? Or is it, like you said earlier, you know, there's, like, a time and place for it? Because, like, some people might not be going through a tough time. Is it, do you dial down the intensity? Do you ramp up the intensity when things get tough? Is there, like, a... What do you think, Joe? I I'm mean, not sure. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I. That's like a very hypothetical question. Right, right. But the Lord meets us based on our need. Mm. And the greater thing is that He meets us based on our need, but His plans are greater than what we could conceive. And mm. I think that's kind of like what Sam was talking about. Some things that you are just so set to do and even when there's setbacks like the article Mm -hmm. like he kept at it you know yeah that's true i mean i think he he knew like he knew when he wrote it like it might be rejected Mm. but because he felt so convicted he wrote it you know and i remember he was like i don't know it's kind of bold but but i i knew he doesn't waste his time writing stuff just for the sake of like piles of paper or whatever he writes it because he sees a cause and he feels the call it's like a conviction based Mm -hmm. act so he knew that it could be rejected but i think he prepared for that Mm. and it wasn't just about his voice being heard but it was really about the father's heart scripturally what he was saying about the things that were happening in our country Mm. and because people were truly being um hurt the most vulnerable were being hurt mm. by that, you know? So, yeah, I think a lot of times, like, that's the other thing, too. It's remembering that us becoming something in the work field is not just about us and remembering that piece as well. Yeah. That it is part of a greater dream of what God is doing on this earth. Yeah, and especially because that article is impacting so many people's lives and viewers and you know, I I really thought that example that he shared was such like a good highlight of what it means to even like push through and even because, you know, if you read that email that he posted up, his answer, his response to that was great. No problem. I'll send in another like and a re-edit. That one, yes. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like at that point, it's easy to just be like, yeah, thanks. Well, like, I guess it's not going to be published, but even like the small inkling of like faith and hope that maybe something he can do to at least 
be active in the part of what God is doing is just as as simple as like, hey, I'll send in the re-edit like you said I can do. And he kept on. And because he kept on and because it got published during the time where uh, it was the most needed, like people's lives are being impacted. Like we have um, one of our seekers that have been coming to small group wanting to visit church now, you know, mm-hmm. because of um, the waves of impact that Dr. Sammy is making because he pressed on, like he persevered even despite the disappointment. And I think it's like such a good example of, you know, how like crying out to God or like, you know, knowing that God is on something and like really believing and pursuing that in faith just like unfolds what God's plan is like ultimately. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but the uh, the term like God is on something, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that he heard from the Lord and that the Lord said, write this article. article, It was more like he knew what God's heart is Mm. according to the word. And so according to his relationship with the Lord, right? So he knew his heart. And so he could not be silent about it. Mm. So it is that. I think a lot of times like we're always asking like, God, is it your will? Is it your will? Is it your will? Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you are a reader of the word, if you're if you know the scriptures, you can know better. Yeah. And if you hear the word, you can know better. Yeah. And there are ways to get better at it, but a lot of times we resign and say it's not God's will, but like what if everybody resigned and said it's not God's will and took the easier way out? Well, nothing would be done. Yeah, yeah. there would be an uh there would be I mean, we don't think about absence of representation right Mm. we talk about um all these things well it didn't work out and we make it about us in the moment like oh i just couldn't do it but it's a ripple effect of people really committing to the goals Mm. and really showing up and being present in the world right Mm. so yeah and you know people might be thinking like well what am i supposed to do like Mm. you know i think sam addressed that like oh yeah well you get to write published articles but what about me Mm -hmm. and i think even when the article came out i think i wrote um a message to the church saying like you might feel like um almost like a disconnection because i feel so irrelevant and i think a lot of people could feel that way Mm. i feel so disconnected in terms of how I could matter to what's going on. Yeah. And I think as a, some kind of like sometimes to shame, sometimes to fear and sometimes to anxiety, like there's a disconnect that happens Mm -hmm. in people's heart. But I think it was important to engage and not disengage when something like that happens. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because when you engage, instead of resigning and disengaging and forfeiting from the cause, Mm -hmm. um, you actually miss out on what could happen. For sure. Yeah. I think that's like the case for a lot of things. Like even like, I'm not saying like podcasting is difficult even or like doing ministry. Yeah, it is difficult. But like, (laughs) you know, but like there are weeks where I'm like, man, this is like really hard or like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like it's almost like. I don't really see for myself what's the, I guess, like the impact or the residue of like what we're doing here 
has to do with the outside world because like, I just don't physically see it and sometimes I wonder why we continue even doing that but it's like I think you're absolutely right in the sense that you know like we miss out if like if I wasn't sitting here having this conversation with you like I'm missing out on like learning about what it means to you know curate intensity and like really hone in on like God's promises in our lives and like what he's doing in our community and being like an active part of that is I'm I'm very blessed and privileged to even do that but you know it's often it's often times that like I feel the temptation to always disengage and like be like oh there's somebody better out there that could probably do it or like I don't really know if it even matters to other people but you know I it's like I'm robbing my I'm like sabotaging myself from experiencing what God is doing and like what God is doing for us and like I can't help but wonder like how often we underplay what God is doing through us and in us so that we can actually live lives of destiny and impact people around us you know like imagine if everybody knew that God values you and finds you worthy of his call and his purpose in your life and you know we live that out like how like how many people would turn to Christ or how many people would find flourishing and how many people would like really know how powerful God is or like the lordship of Christ and like what that what that looks like for them you know mm-hmm. I mean the truth is sometimes we don't know yeah. the impact of our of us achieving these goals right sometimes we don't sometimes we get to see it mm. um i remember um when children were being separated from their parents on mm, the border. Yeah. Um, I remember when I heard that on the news, I felt, first I felt, oh, what do I do? Like, what can I do? I felt mm. so helpless. But like, I felt like a tug and a call, like, but there must be something I can do. Yeah. I remember. And, um, you know, and it, it's not like someone told me you should do something about that, but I think it's just, god's heart you know it just felt wrong and and for me it's not just a social justice issue but for me it's like well how lord can those children know that god you you love them Hmm. and it's not like i can it's not that i went there but i was like what can i do where i am and Hmm. i remember um at that time a movie came out and it was you know, just it was about this one person who did not know that he would impact this group of kids mm. that just happened to show up because he was kind of like at a falling out place in his life or yeah. whatever. He showed up and he actually made an impact on the community. Right. And I don't know for me, like that stirred up like I felt I took that as, oh, I think God is saying go for it. You mm. know, not that I was looking for confirmation. I was just looking for a way to help yeah and for me like though specifically i am not in touch with those kids you know that were going through that at the on the border like at specifically at the time i think they were talking about like the mexican border right so um i remember i was like oh what can i do and i remember like pacing back and forth in my kitchen too and at that time something broke in our house Mm. like a plumbing issue where like a, literally a plumber had to come in mm. but it just so happened like the plumber happened to be a mexican gentleman mm-hmm. and 
when he came and he finished everything, I, I thought to myself, hey, like, I'm Korean American, and if my country, my pe, my the my like Koreans, for example, mm, yeah. were going through a collective struggle, that would be very discouraging, mm. you know, and I would want. It would be great if there was some kind of encouragement that could, yeah. that could lift up even one person. Yeah, you know. And so, it's not like such a calculated thought or anything. But he was leaving after finishing the work in our house, and I just like approached him because mm. what I can do is teach piano. Right. So I remember approaching him and I was like, "Hey, do you have children?" Mm. And he was like, "I do." And I said, "Oh, would you be interested in piano lessons?" Right. And he was like, "Actually, yeah, I would be." And I remember giving him my business card, and then he said, "Let me get back to you. I'm actually really interested." And mm -hmm. it so happened that he really loves music, right. and he wanted his kids to learn music, but he just didn't know where to ask. Yeah. And then I remember the week after he called me, he texted me. He was like, he called me Miss Lydia. He was like, Miss mm -hmm. Lydia, I have four, four students. Would you come to our neighborhood and teach the kids? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, for four, I could definitely come. Because it was a question because it's kind of far where he lived yeah. from my house, right? So figuring it out. And he said, I actually have eight. And I think in the end, it ended up being like, Joe, you know, because I asked you to teach guitar <laughs> yeah. for the kids, right? Um, it ended up being like 10 kids, right? Yeah, it was like 9 <laughs> or 10. And yeah, it was like yeah. 9, 10. And it, like even uncles kind of like uh, wanting yeah, to learn. learn some stuff. Yeah. So I only say that because... So yeah, we taught them music. Mm -hmm. And it was um, something... You know, it's like that song, this little light on my, I'm going to let it shine. But like, how? Yeah. But that's usually the question. Like, how can I make a difference? But I remember we taught them music and they actually were Christians. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, they became like a worship team as children, like in their church. Mm -hmm. And they felt really empowered and encouraged by that, yeah. that whole process. And so in that season that we taught them, I remember I asked you, I asked Sarah to help me remember that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, do, do we know, like, do we know the impact of what that could have had? We don't. I had no idea, yeah. Yeah, but I do know that, I mean, we kind of know mm. because I remember the gentleman calling me and telling me like he was really thankful. Mm that and he asked me for prayer when he found that i was christian and that i was actually a pastor like he asked me for prayer like can yeah. you pray for this can you pray for that so and he was like i'm just so thankful like i was looking for this and i was looking you know and so for a season it's not like you know it we taught them for a really long period of time it was a season of really equipping them and mm -hmm. creating a team for their church but Instead of disengaging, I think even if it's something as small as that, mm -hmm. it's it's worth achieving, you know? Right. It's worth going after. Mm. I mean, like, 
I remember Sam was like, whoa, honey, you're mad sneaky. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought he was leaving and you just went straight to that guy and asked uh-huh. him, do you have children? You know, he yeah. was like, honey, I did not even see you coming, you know. Right. But sometimes we have to be like that, mm. you know. And mm. yeah, there's a lot of discomfort. There's a lot of like inconvenience because yeah. I think that took up like every Saturday morning. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. But it was worth it, wasn't it? Yeah, every other for me. Every other weekend. But it, was a, it was fun. I think, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm quick to, da- like, dismiss impact. I, and I think it's just kind of like a, like a chronic tendency of mine. It's not a very good tendency. But, like, you know, even now that you even mention it, you know, I fail to often think about, like, how, what, like, teaching someone how to play guitar can impact their life. You know, like. When I when I was doing that with you, I wasn't really sure what I was doing there. <laughs> I know you're like, Pila, whatever uh, you want to do, Pastor yeah. Lydia, whatever you want to do, like I'm willing to help. Yeah, because I'm not <laughs> like very good at guitar either, so I was just like, oh, I guess. I good can, enough. Thank you. Good and enough. I, I knew you thought I was good enough, <laughs> but um. Well, I knew you'd be a great teacher. Oh, thank you. Um. So yeah, I mean, like, I think it's like, I I would have not seen the impact at all unless like it was it was shown to me that there was impact you know um and i think that's like we don't you're right like we don't know if there's going to be impact and then and then it seems like suddenly you do because it's like the feedback you get or like just like the amount of life that's been given from something small that you've done like is the result of you know pressing into a goal or like pressing into something that is meaningful or impactful because like the guys that were blind in the biblical narrative they were able to see after you know and i think it's like it's it's easy for us to you know like disengage like you said because it's like we don't see it like we don't see the result like we don't see what the end goal is but i feel like and one of my favorite people that i I like follow on instagram because it's like motivating and stuff he says he always says like greatness is on the other side of like fear or something like that it's like i think we're afraid to engage with the unknown of like what's on the other side, even though God calls us there because there's like life on the other side, or there's like something that God wants to call us to on like right over the hump, like right over that setback. Um, and that's very encouraging for me. Cause I think like it's examples like you and it's examples of people that have, you know, like champion faith before me or like, like have like seasoned experience of like how God has shown up in their lives and like really brought on so much like influence and impact it's like because you saw it, we get to see it you know and that's like oh i know that i can probably it gives me a good understanding of like what god what is possible with god if you, if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know? yeah i think what makes me follow christ is because of who he is i know that's such a simple statement i know it's like <laughs> but it's like the truth though because like I, yeah it's like you can't articulate it any more simply because i i also agree i think it's like there's nothing more or nothing less to god than who he is that makes you want to live for him and like do what he asks of me like it was i think it was definitely like learned over time like the seriousness of it but 
it's who he is and like what he, like what he does and like I don't know how much he loves you and like believes in you and like knows that you're capable of like living a great like a full life and experiencing that love and that joy and it's like that simple but you know it, it really is that simple yeah and the, my prayer always is that people see that he is good mm. because we know that he is good but there are people who are wanting to discover that mm. and that knowing going from facts that people are people that we know truth being understood in the parts of others who don't have that relationship with God is called revelation, right? Mm, yeah. And that's our prayer for the mission and evangelism and right mm. to to ask God, can you open eyes so that others can also see that you are good? Yeah. And even that, the intensified prayer of just Lord, uh, there's, I think oftentimes we pray like after we've done everything we could, right? We ask Lord, can you do what we cannot do? Hmm. Can you go where we cannot go and show them that you love them? Hmm. That's uh, also a high intensity uh, prayer mm. of calling on the Lord. Right. Lord, can you do this? Yeah. And he does. Right, he does. Yeah. Yeah. I think the message is very clear in the two things, right? So the so one is to develop intensity mm -hmm. and two is to cultivate. So there is let's get this piece of intensity in. Mm -hmm. And you know, honestly like Remember, I think I mentioned a couple of uh, podcasts back that I started hit, training, also yeah, yeah. hit training, and because I'm doing hit training, like there's also a, an understanding of overcoming with intensity, mm -hmm. and so I have more examples now yeah. of just going against the resistance. Oh yeah, and overcoming a goal. Mm -hmm. Um, so developing. It's very common that as Christians that we may not, in a similar way, right? But like, it's very common that Christians don't have intensity. So it's kind of like when the enemy lies mm -hmm. and you're discouraged spiritually or naturally or insecurity, whatever, low self-esteem. You're just like, well, then I can't do it. Right. And, and yeah, we call it self-talk or what, but, and then you, and instead of rising above it you kind of succumb to it succumb to it and it becomes a setback mm, yeah. and it becomes further away from what you hope you can achieve yeah and um so the first part of developing intensity is for those who feel defeated a lot of times mm -hmm. emotionally and spiritually feeling like well, others are doing great things, but maybe I'm just meant to be here. Mm. And um, maybe just, you might not really say it, but you might feel like maybe disqualified mm, yeah. from even becoming part of what God is doing. For sure. Or even believing that God can do something through you, right? Mm -hmm. 
So for those who feel that discouragement and it feels all like too close to home, it's time to develop. Mm. So the next time you feel that disqualification, I want to bring truth into that, that God does not discourage you in that way. God is, you know, everything that let's, you know, in Christ, you're in your creation. There's no more condemnation. So when you speak in a language of condemnation to yourself and you hear that from others and, Mm -hmm. and you hear that from an internal voice that you can't even identify. And it's been there for a long time. I just want to say that voice of resistance, whether it's emotional and spiritual, that's what Paul means. Take captive that thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. Meaning that's not how God feels about you. Yeah. Because God doesn't feel that way about humanity. He already knows. He already sent Christ and took care of it. We, when we put our trust in him, all of that is taken care of and transformed and developed all in Christ. Like he does not exclude you and some other person who feels delayed or feels like you're a failure and say, well, you guys are not going to make it. So you stay here. That's never God's voice. So kind of understanding the truth of his voice, but I'm just speaking it because I think a lot of people feel exclusively um, isolated for a reason, but that's not of God. So yeah, in that moment, when you feel disqualified and isolated and disillusioned, um, discouraged, that's a great time to recognize and be honest and develop and call on the Lord. Lord, I don't want to feel this way. Mm. Lord, I don't want to be here. I want to be stronger. Yeah. And um, so that's a great moment of developing. And you know what? Just like lifting, and you said you put in the work and then you see the muscles later, right? Yeah. And basically that's what you're doing, right? You're gaining muscles. Yeah, or the strength. Or the, the strength, strength, right? Yeah. Strength is more important. Yeah. Um, you will find strength that you didn't have before. Yeah. And next time you're approached with discouragement or discouragement comes at you and attacks or um, you feel a setback internally and in your physical world, you call on him again. And I'm telling you, like, it builds like a muscle. Yeah. So develop, if you don't have that yet, develop intensity by calling on the Lord. And two, cultivate intensity. Hmm. You might say, well, I do that already. Um, I call on the Lord. I know how to turn to God. Well, you know what? I love that song. And I was thinking about this, like Darlene Check wrote a song. Um, she was part of Hill Songs a long time ago. And she wrote, there are higher heights and deeper seas. Whatever you need me to do, Lord, um, have your way in me. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact. Like, um, there are different levels of influence where God wants to take us as Mm. we're faithful in every stage of life. So let's climb those, you Mm. know, let's cultivate it instead of saying, well, I'm good here. I think I got it under control. Like let's, let's say yes to God. Let's achieve goals that are greater than just this moment of comfort. Yeah. Because I mean, the thing is, there's a lot to be done. Yeah. There's a lot of beauty of God that has to be restored in this world. Mm. So cultivate it. Cultivate. Don't just settle there, but keep going. Yeah, press in with more intensity. Like Yes. Mm. Show up mm. like Joe every <laughs> every week, every day. I don't know how many times you go, but show up. Show up like 
you know, when I pray and call on the Lord and it's for the small things when I felt this desperate as a 20 year old mm. to God, this really matters. And it seems like it's not about me, but Lord, we need you on this mm -hmm. and calling on him at 30 something, you know, yeah. so cultivate it and let's keep going and achieve the goals. So, Amen. yeah. Thank you for that word, Pastor Lydia. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's encouraging. Mm. gonna attack the destiny I have <laughs> from God <laughs> yeah no it's true and there you know there is a level where when you overcome it mm -hmm. there are levels though I really believe that yeah you know we, we definitely need to dial a different kind of intensity for yeah. different things yeah and then when you also when you're past a certain level of resistance just like I think in the physical right like yeah. working out um, when certain things seem a lot easier, right? Um, there is a sense like, oh, I think I am a different level now. Yeah. So whatever levels it may be, there spiritually too, when you continue to press in and not forfeit, there is a level you mm. come to and um, you can encourage others in the race yeah. as a result. Um, I agree. So, yeah. 100%. You know, and we can see that in children. You know, one of the conversations that I'm continuing to have with Josh is, you know, Josh is seven and he's great at a lot of things, but he's learning that he has like there not hoops to go through, but it's kind of like he has to learn new levels of math, new levels mm, of basketball, yeah, yeah. like you know, like Josh used to like love playing basketball on his own. And so he's learning that's a team sport. I mean, uh -huh. he knew this, but like it, you could shoot and yeah. he could get, he'll call, he'll call it like, three pointers, half court shot in the house. Uh -huh. You know, he has designated spots and he'll get them and he could be Steph Curry on his own. But now he's like, dad, play defense, play yeah. defense. He asked me to play defense on him though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now he's learning that sometimes there's opposition. You have to get around it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to, you know, yeah. I don't know, trash talk your way through it. <laughs> like there's, but th it's kind of like a picture of, in, he's cultivating intensity. Yeah, he's developing skills so that he can get to the basket. Yes. Like new skills. And I've seen him get some shots around big guys. He did, yeah. He's yeah. getting pretty good. Yeah, and I'm proud of him. But it doesn't always come easy though. Mm, definitely not. Yeah, or even like math, like at one point he's responsible to count mm -hmm. and when he thinks he's mastered that he's like yes i'm good in math and I now he has to add. know like what's five plus nine and yeah. he's like ah you know right, right. he has to actually learn that so we have a lot of conversations about that now like okay josh like you got that before but now it's the next level mm. so that's hard and there's a lot of tears yeah and i guess like this when tiger mom comes out but like he'll cry and I'm like, I'll raise my intensity. And I think that's my intensity as a mom coming out too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> they say new love, new devil, new level. Uh -huh. But for me, it's like new age. Like I need to raise my intensity. Yeah. So if he's crying, basically saying, I don't want to learn this. I'll like raise my intensity. People always go, oh, you're so nice. I'm not always nice. <laughs> I'll be like, no, Josh, you have to learn this. Yeah. You can do it. Like I'll scream it over his like yeah. uh, 
yeah. yeah. And then I'll hold him, like, I'll, I'll hug him and hold him and be like, Josh, you got this. You right, got right. this. Because my kids are intense. So yeah. I kind of have to be more intense. Yeah, yeah. So, and then when he gets it, tears and all, and he gets the wrong answer, and then he, he's like, okay, okay, memorizing, and then he gets the right answer. There's a smile that comes, mm. and he's like, and you know he's thinking, oh, I can do it. Right. But he'll throw a fit to say, yeah. no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't think this is for me. But, like, you could see that in a child, too. Yeah. I could see that in myself. <laughs> yeah. And, like, honestly, like, when I see him grow up like that, I'm just like, wow, that's like, I just, I guess it's just, it just shows in different adaptive ways. Yeah. But it, it, I hear two things. One is, he'll say this often, too, like, you know, adults will always be better than me. Uh. And it's like a very, if you think about it, it's kind of true in that adults have a long way ahead of them, right? Yeah. And it's possible when he grows up, he could be better on certain yeah, things. Yeah. But it seems like impossible. Yeah. Like, why even try? The people I will play will always be better than me. People will always, mom, you knew this answer. I don't. You're an adult. That's yeah. why. Don't you know how I feel? And he'll like use the pity, pity uh -huh, card uh -huh. too. Yeah. But he's saying like, mom, leave me alone. I want to give up. Yeah. And I, as a mom, I have, I feel tempted to be like, oh, it's summer. Just let yeah. it be. It's like, it's hard. You don't yeah, want to like, suffer. Yeah, like, oh, my poor baby, yeah. he's crying. Like, I love you no matter what. But if I let that go, I mean, I'm going to have to start somewhere again. Yeah. You know? And so just like a loving father, loving mother doesn't let us just be, but disciplines us. You know, the Bible says that God, the father dis disciplines those who considers legitimate children, right? Mm, yeah. Those he truly loves. So, yeah, I think it is in the works of what God is doing. He cultivates us. It's not just our part. Yeah. It's what he is doing in yeah. us. He's cultivating us and developing us right. for the new level. Mm. You know, yeah. so I, yeah, I see that in Josh and I think it's very relatable to all of us Definitely is. <laughs> because we could see like big examples like, whoa, I'm not publishing anything. Like, what yeah. am I doing? Well, you can't relate to that. Well, then what about the inner child in all of us that yeah. wants to cry and euphemize and, and give up mm. because we might not be good at it, you know? Well, that's why we need to cultivate yeah. intensity and that's why we need to develop intensity mm. yeah that's, those are definitely my two takeaways from the sermon and this conversation um i love it i mean i think if there's one thing that you know i i want to learn for myself it's you know like i don't want to give up anymore like, i don't want to give up on the things that are important anymore you know when like things get hard whether it's in like relationships or in like career or uh, even in my faith or even during like a workout, you know, things get hard. Like I feel so strongly that I just want to give in and like, what and just quit. And, but I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I think I want to be a person that perseveres to really see like what's, what it is that God is trying to do and like how God is trying to work in us and like how God, if, if God's responsibility for us is so that we can be closer to him and like, really um you know like shepherd us into a relationship with him it's like our part is to like stick stick it stick with it and push just as hard and press in on our relationship with god and you know i think with faith it's so easy for me to just be like ah, well 
it's it's not for me or like this is just not what god is doing but what i want to <coughs> what i want to definitely you know practice in my life and like build a discipline for is to continue and like have the faith and the hope and continue to rely and shout to the lord and really develop that intensity with you know and that i think that intensity comes with that excitement of like what god is doing because i've seen it um and for me to feel like i'm disqualified from that or inadequate for that i think you know god is always affirming that you know he loves all of us so that we can live these lives and curate lives of destiny so that we can also impact the lives of others um so thank you for that pastor lydia i think it's a really fresh reminder um especially like if if i was discouraged before like i'm you know i think there's like a freshness to like how i'm going to be approaching this week i even even today like my workout was completely different i'll tell you that um so i'm encouraged and i'm sure like a lot of us are going to you know approach our weeks very differently with god in mind for um our lives so let's call on him Mm -hmm. hit and hip this week hit and hip yeah and i want to refer us to the ministry time of really declaring i think we sang songs together declaring who god is lord of lords king of kings he's the mighty god lord of everything and um we were reminded of that Mm -hmm. and there were words a prayer that was powerful to ignite us and to um, refuel us to turn to Him. So have a victorious week. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 24. The righteous fall 70 times but rise again. Oh, have you fallen 70 times? Probably more than that. It's a symbolic number. What makes someone righteous? The Bible tells us in Genesis 12 and Romans that we can be only come righteous by faith. It's not our power, it's God's. Feel discouraged? Oh yeah, so am I. But faith gives you the hope that you can rise above any setback because the power of God and the name of Jesus, that's the only name under heaven which men can be saved. There's power in the name of the Lord. It's your refuge. It's your strength. It's your source of power. It's your freedom. And what is keeping that power, redemption, and hope? It's just our choice not to access it and activate it. The Bible doesn't tell us that you will one day rise with Christ. Paul tells us you are already risen with Christ. All of Christ's power is accessible right now. It's time we become hip Christians and not depressed Christians. If you're seeking today, you know, Christianity is the only, only religion 
that has an open existential apologetic, meaning you, it says, call on the name of the Lord. There are multiple people that have called on the name of Jesus and said, if you are there, come and redeem my life. And God has. That is the motif of scripture. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Saved from your sin, saved from your discouragement, saved from your setback, saved from whatever peril you're in. Power is available. It's accessible. This is not pie-in-the-sky stuff. A lot of people think it is. People start, millions of people begin to accept Christ in the Roman Empire because they saw the power evident. What would happen in our lives and around the city if people began to see the power of God in our lives manifest, change us, heal us, and set us free? Probably revival. Because remember, your faith doesn't change, just change your faith. It also changes the fate of other people. So Father, we come before you this afternoon right now. Father, I pray that we would develop an appetite in our lives to experience viscerally and existentially, not just fear and anxiety that we feel every day. I pray that God, that the people in this room would experience the palpable, real manifest power of the presence of God in the midst of our fears and anxiety. We would call on the name of the Lord. we ourselves would learn to turn to the God of the universe and access his power. And if we do, it will change everything we know about ourselves. Because if we're going to guard our destiny, we're going to have to learn to cultivate intensity. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. All God's people, pray. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Hey, everyone. We just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today. We want to invite you to join us for our Sunday service. We meet at the AMC Lowe's Theater at 19th and Broadway in Manhattan at 12 noon, and we'd love to see you guys there. 
We also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests. It's available at 5397prayer and at prayer at 180church.tv. In the midst of life, if you need prayer, our team is available to lift you up in your struggles, and we're always there for you. You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv. 